G'day guys, the Supercoach Experience podcast is brought to you by Top Sport. Top Sport is Australia's number one bookmaker and personally my bookie of choice to get the best odds, offers and much more at the touch of a finger. Top Sport is also the home of Australia's best same game multi with most other bookmakers. Adding legs onto your multi decrease the odds. With Top Sport, the odds always stay the same. So you love punting on the rugby league? Top Sport is the place for you. You love punting on the cricket? Top Sport is a place for you. You love punting on the trots top sport is the place for you you even love punting on the dish liquors late on a tuesday night top sport is the place for you when signing up make sure to use the code sc experience that lets top sport know that you're coming from us and they'll take extra good care of you and as always over 18 gamble responsibly bet with your head and not over it let's get into the show guys are ben trovovich here from the manly seagulls the super coach Experience podcast is one of the best podcasts going around, boys. Keep doing what you're doing, and yeah, I just want to say what a podcast. Go the Mighty Eagles. Hey, lads, you and Aiken here from the New Zealand Warriors. Hope you have a big year with the Super Coach Experience podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Savage, and I'm joined here by Big Les from Big Les's League Podcast. How are you, Big Les? I'm not doing too bad, mate. Happy to be on. Very happy to have you on. This is something different that we are trying out. This is going to be a finals edition podcast. We're going to base this solely on on Rugby League and the finals. So I know it's a bit of an awkward time. It's probably the worst time to start this podcast, the the week that is most irrelevant in the Rugby League year. But there's no better week to start it for us. So thought we'd just get straight into it. Um, Big Les, how are you? And how has your journey been podcasting? Um, I got you on because I think you're similar content creator to myself and you just have the passion for podcasting. Yeah, totally, mate. I've um, been very passionate since the get-go. Um, just sort of starting to find my groove a little bit, but uh, it was a long, long journey. Obviously, um, starting out, I think last, a bit, I think it's one year now <laughs> that I actually started. Um, so, it's been a long time. I uh, just started to get the following as well, which is fantastic. Uh, I basically started out of boredom for lockdown, um, got straight into it, and uh, I've been loving it ever since, and uh, it's been awesome. It's been so good just to have that fan reaction, have something away from school as well, um, and it's been fantastic. I've really loved it, and uh, it's been an awesome journey, and I can't wait to keep going with it. Isn't that kind of how every social media career has kicked off? Oh, I know. It's been <laughs> hectic. I think that Arkdowns uh, inspired a lot of people. I find that um, there's been a real, real growth in NRL pages, and I think that uh, it's mainly because of that lockdown. People are bored. People want to talk about what they're passionate about, and I think it's awesome. It's really awesome to see all these new sort of rugby league brands come out, uh, and yeah, I've loved it, and I've loved um, me personally having this podcast on my own platform now. Uh, it's been a real joy ride, and yeah, as you said, because of lockdown, I think that it's really inspired this run of uh, podcasts to come through. So, um, yeah, uh, totally. Lockdown has been a big, big uh, influence for 
all these podcasts to come in. It's very good. Obviously, there's uh, Bloke in a Bar, Rugby League Guru, and Clarky's Column, who are all kind of – they've kind of paved the way for, for all of us, but there is no cookie-cutter way to exactly go about it. So uh, I'm sure you've kind of based some things here and there off those blokes, and uh, you're kind of learning things as you go and creating your own style. I, I notice you do do a lot of shorter podcasts, Um which is which is great because it's the bite-sized kind of podcast that people can do to uh, just listen to on the go. Uh, Rugby League Guru does a lot of that, and he does that great. Um, I'm sure you got a bit of uh, inspiration off him. Yeah, totally. Copy the best to be the best man. I think that um, just having to watch all these guys, like as you said, bloke in a bar, Rugby League Guru, uh, even Hello Sport to some extent. I know they do much longer ones, but just the style of podcast which they do, it's very entertaining for the viewer. Um, so yeah, watching these guys that are at the top now uh, and sort of, you know, taking pieces of what they do. And as I said before, copy the best to be, copy the best to be the best. Um, it's been really, really fun as well. Um, as I said, that journey, but, um, yeah, you definitely take little bits of what you say and really try to push that into your own content. And I think that's where I've really got the biggest following or the biggest listening, uh, when I have, you know, taken bits of what other guys are doing and putting it into my own. Very good. Um, so obviously, this uh, the Supercoach experience is purely Supercoach based, um, but we are very passionate rugby league fans, and we have an opinion. Everyone has an opinion on rugby league, and the reason we love this game is, you know, Supercoach fantasy. Uh, just watching the game in general, how good it is. The games on the weekend were amazing. Uh, but we're going to go into some hot topics to start off, and then we'll go into a preview of this week's games. Um, obviously, the week just gone was not finals-based, so looking f- forward towards the finals is what we're going to focus on mainly. Um, and I, I guess we'll put out, up our opinions here and there for certain things. Uh, we'll start off with the Ben Hunt contract negotiations. So uh, he was offered 700000 He asked for 850000 What are your thoughts on this situation first up? Well, I think this guy's a million-dollar player. There's just no doubt about it. The versatility he has, just his form-wise, how he's been playing over the past few weeks, I think there's no doubt he's a million-dollar player. He should have kept the contract he was on for the million dollars, but I think it's more so of the standpoint, not of how Ben Hunt's playing, but just they want to get some more guys into that club. Obviously, they were doing the money ball sort of tactic um, over the past year. It's sort of worked. It sort of hasn't. And I think they want to get more stars into that club. So, you know, downgrading Ben Hunt, I think, is the way to do that. Um, but I don't know. I just think it's not really going to work because I think it might push Ben Hunt to maybe go back to the Broncos and play hooker there or go to the Dolphins, a new club that can pay him much more than what the Dragons can. So it's interesting. I think the Dragons are holding that money to you know, invest in other guys, but it's going to be very interesting what happens over the next few weeks. It's very, very interesting topic. I see what they're doing though, you know, like the top 100 rich list was released a couple of weeks ago and in the top 10 of the top 100 were Dragons players. So I get they're trying to manage their cap a little bit better than they have been, but Ben Hunt is not the person to, to low ball. Um, personally, Imagine seeing him at the Dolphins under Wayne Bennett next to Anthony Milford with Cody Nicarima coming off the bench. How good would that be? Well, that, that's the big topic, mate. Would you play him at seven or would you play him at nine? That's the big argument that's going around at the moment. I think there's not 16 great full uh, halfbacks in the game. Uh, to go around. So if he isn't playing seven, then a club is going to snatch him up to play seven. That's my opinion. But 
he is a better hooker. So I do agree with you. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, sorry. You no, know, it all depends on what he wants. He, if he wants to play halfback, he's got to play halfback, right? Yeah, totally. It, it depends where he wants to be. Uh, he's come of that age now where he's sort of in his peak, and I think coaches are going to be more reliant to you know put him where he wants to be. But I think from what we saw from Origin, well, from what we've seen from him at hooker, he's definitely a better hooker than he mm-hmm. is a seven. So it'll be interesting to see if, as I said before, a Brisbane try and snatch him to have him in the spine with Renault, with Gamble or Ezra Mam, depending on who they go for. Reese Walsh as well. I think any t- chance to fit him into that spine, I think they're going to go for it. But yeah, I think I agree with you in the fact that there's not too many good sevens are going around. So it'd be very interesting to see, as I said, over the next few months to what happens with Ben Hunt. I think him at nine at the Broncos would be nearly the only place I would want him at nine. But, geez, it's a, it's a real tough one. Uh, moving on, uh, Graham Annesley has come out and said repeat offenders for uh, for high-grade uh, fines uh, throughout the judiciary system are going to be charged worse and get uh, harsher fines. So... What are your thoughts on this? I think this is a really weird one. Uh, the start of the season, they came out and pretty much said every year you're on a clean slate, but they've kind of backflipped on that to some extent. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I've noticed over the past few weeks, there's been more fines handed out than there have been suspensions. Um, but yeah, this is so weird for me. <laughs> I think that I think a new year, a new slate is the way to go with these sort of things. And I think that uh, catching out repeated offenders again and again, giving them worse punishments again and again. Imagine seeing a Nathan Cleary out for eight to 10 weeks in a, in a game or in a series of rugby league. I mean, it's not, it's not on. It was not on. I don't think that uh, it's the way that this should go. I think that repeat offenders, as the year goes on and new clean slate, as you said before. So uh, to be honest, I don't agree with this at all. I think that, as I said, the, the new year, new slate. I get it if it's over a, with a one season. Like, for example, Latrell Mitchell, he got it suspended a few times last season. If it's a few times over the one season, I can sort of understand it. Yeah. But over multiple seasons, I think it's just not the way to go. No, over one season, 100%, because you, you get that you get that warning and then the next time you, you're pretty much gone. I think hot topics here, Nelson asof Salamona, Cameron Munster, Jared Warrior Hargraves, I've heard a lot of people recently call them grubs. I've seen grubs online, grubs, grubs, grubs. But personally, as a rugby league fan, I love seeing that passion. And I think that if you have a bloke like that in your side playing with that much passion, you can't replace that. Yeah, totally. I think that there's a little amount of guys that just give you that spark, that energy and really hype up the team like Jared's and like your Nelson or for Solomonas that are just mongrels in the middle. Um, and to find them t- like eight to four to eight weeks, Lindsay Collins, for example, I don't think he should have been fined or suspended at all. I think he should have been playing next week. Uh, I don't think it was too bad what he did. I get it if he was a repeated offender, but he really wasn't. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting topic, especially with the repeated offences in one year. But uh, finding these guys for long-term suspensions for little things, especially when they're not, uh, you know, big offenders or have uh, done it multiple times in the year, I think it's just, it's just silly, to be honest. I agree. Um, just while I've got the thought up, Victor Radley's concussion on the weekend, did you manage to catch it? I did. I actually watched him convulse on the ground. Mm. I watched the whole game. It was really, really uh, 
confronting uh, there's no it was really confronting <laughs> yeah. yeah and especially since there was kids around as well like i had my cousins over um because they come come down from the coast and we were watching we were watching that game and it was really confronting for them it was really confronting for us adults i call myself an adult but <laughs> it was really confronting for all of us um having to watch that like uh they shouldn't have shown it on live tv but then again uh, what can watched, you do <laughs> like live tv yeah i know yeah, I know. Um, NRL Physio actually put out a post and he was talking about the convulsing on the ground and uh, how it doesn't really relate to concussions and the severity of concussions. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Robbo didn't name him this week. I mean, then again, obviously, it's, it was a pretty bad concussion if he was convulsing on the ground. But NRL Physio, the stats that have come out saying the severity doesn't, um, you know, correlate with the convulsing and he was out after the game shaking hands and uh he looked reasonably all right um yeah it depends how long victor radley's out for to be honest with the severity um but yeah like the convulsing and the severity it was really interesting information what i'm what i'm trying to say here uh, with the all the dribble um it's really interesting the stats that have come out behind concussions like stuff like that i would have never have known without nrl physio and um yeah, to answer your question, it, it was it was quite confronting, um, but yeah, it depends how long Big Valley's out. It could really damage the Roosters' season. It really could. It's bizarre that it makes no difference. The fact that he was convulsing compared to had he just laid there lifeless, but you know that looked really bad. But as soon as he was holding his arms up and his arms are up, I was like, okay, we're we're all good here. And he was up having a beer after the game or something. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good to see after that, but it was very scary. Um, I guess before we move on to the team previews, we've got one more little light-hearted subject. Um, today, Cameron Murray actually met Hasbula, Hasbula, and this oh. is this is what happened. So, as an NRL fan, how many weeks do you think Hasbullah is going to get for that hit on Cameron Murray? Well, Hasbullah wins by TKO. We've all seen <laughs> it now. I think, I think he definitely gets at least six weeks, six to eight weeks uh, for that one. Bit of a punch to the head there. Uh, bad contact, contrary contact, as they call it, um, the referees call it. I think he's definitely getting at least six to eight weeks there. What I don't know who this guy is. I've just seen him as a meme on kind of like NRL pages and just pages in general. Mm. He's now king hitting Cameron Murray and Josh Adokar. Like, is that his thing? Just king hitting people? Yeah, he does. He um he, he does it all the time. Like whenever he's getting a photo with someone, he'll always try to king hit them. <laughs> um, he's I think I think he's um related to Khabib. Um, in some he's a. Mem- a mega medal. I think that's how you pronounce it. I bloody hope that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, but they're all hard hitters over in that family, mate. So uh, I'd be watching out if Hasbullah's crossing you, uh, you know, in Bondi Beach or, or <laughs> you know, if you're in Sydney, I'd be watching out for, for Hasbullah because he might catch you off guard like he caught these boys. Oh, and at the end of the video there, he was actually, no, the Josh out of car video, he took the Bulldogs of Jersey off so quickly. Unlucky for Bulldogs fans. He, he actually left the Rabbitohs one on. Uh, so let's preview the first game. Melbourne versus Parramatta Eels. This is a clash for the 
fourth spot. So there is a lot to play for here. We thought there would have been a lot of restings this week um, as NRL fans. So this week could have been quite dull. But considering how good the top eight has been, there's actually a lot to play for this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously you've got down here the Eels and the Storm battling for the fourth spot. You've got the Broncos and you've got um, the Raiders as well battling for the eighth spot. Mm -hmm. The Raiders, uh, they're pretty much sliding into the top eight. Broncos need to win big on the weekend. There is a lot to play for this weekend, a lot to play for. Uh, Obviously, there's the last time you're going to see some teams this season, uh, obviously because it's the end of the regular season. Um, So it'll be a really good interesting little few games, but oh yeah, definitely a lot to play for for these top sides. Tom Eisenhuth is out. His season is over with a syndesmosis injury. Uh, Kamikamika back to the bench. Josh King named to start and Smith to the bench. We assume that's going to be a late game day change. As always, Bellamy, he's not fooling anyone there. Um, Who are you going for in this game? Uh, Who you think is going to win? Well, for me... Parramatta at home looks really, really attractive as a bet. Uh, The Storm obviously came off a loss against the Roosters. You don't often see them lose two or more times in a row, but we did see it only a few weeks ago. So, look, it's a tough one. I'm probably going to take the Eels at home. I think that Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown have been in some really good form at the moment. I don't know if that's a smoky or not. I don't know if you'd call that a smoky, but I'm going to go Eels at home for sure. I reckon Gutho, he's been in some real good form at the moment as well, especially after last week. Moses and Dill Brown, though, they're definitely the key ones to watch in that side. Well, via top sport, Parramatta Eels are the outsiders at $2.02. Melbourne Storm are $1.82. I think Parramatta are going to win this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne get up for this. Um, Early in the season, I was not convinced Parramatta could be a premiership threat, but if they win this week and they come fourth, what are your thoughts on their premiership credentials? Uh, for Parramatta, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a very interesting one because they do end up folding uh, at <laughs> the back end of the finals. Uh, and that's me being totally um, anti-Parramatta there. But, oh, I'm uh, anti-Parramatta as they come. <laughs> but honestly, last week, they were good. They were really good. They were unreal. They were unreal last week. So I'm going to take Parramatta to beat the storm here and then move up to the fourth spot. Melbourne, I just don't think they're going to get the job done. I think that they've had a really rough go this season. I think Mike Acevo and Wonga Blake are going to be scoring tries on the edge there. Noffa and Xavier Coates could definitely do the same. I reckon Melbourne could definitely take this game if they wanted to, but I think Parramatta are just going to start off really strong, especially with the forwards they've got in Campbell Gillard and Junior Paolo. I think they're going to start off really strong, and it's going to be a tough battle in the forwards, but I just think that... I don't think Melbourne have what it takes. Parramatta at home, it just sounds really, really attractive to me. So I think Eels definitely get the job done here. I think Parramatta, um, definitely, definitely uh, they're my pick, especially as outsiders, $2.02. If they win this game, um, they go into fourth. They play Penrith the first week of finals. And then the later chance they get diverse Penrith will be in the grand final. So could you imagine a Parramatta-Penrith grand final? That would be hectic and it would be <laughs> such a tough game. You remember last year with that Parramatta and Penrith game to get into, I think it was the either the game before the grand final or the actual yeah. grand final. It was one of the toughest games I've ever seen. It mm-hmm. was such a dogfight in the middle. Uh, obviously, that Junior Polo uh, drop ball, I think it was, that ended the game, but it was a tough game. It is as tough as they come. So if these two guys match up in the grand final, Penrith and 
the uh, the Parramatta Reels. It's going to be one of the toughest games you'll ever see. It will be one of the toughest grand finals, I reckon, we'll see. And I reckon it won't be close by any stretch. Oh, we'll, we'll be close. We'll be close. We'll be very, we'll be close. very close by not much of a stretch. Um, so if they yeah. win if they, if they win this week, what do you give them their chances against Penrith the week after? Um, I think they've timed their run nicely. They started hot and they're finishing hot. Something we haven't mm. seen before from Parramatta. Yeah, look, I think they definitely have a chance. But as I said, they're a team that can very quickly come out of a game. We saw they had that little stint where they weren't winning too many games, I think, in the middle of the season. So, look, it'll be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how this run goes for Parramatta. They could definitely do it. There's also a chance they could get absolutely flogged. So, it also depends for me who's at home. I think it'll most likely be Penrith as well. They Mm -hmm. get Nathan Cleary back. It's going to be a tough game for Parra. Fresh Nathan Cleary. (laughs) That is going to be hectic. Fresh. It's going to be so hectic. Fresh starting 13, mind you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jerome Luai, Isaiah Yo. Oh, God. Oh, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Dill Edwards as well, the underrated one out of the bunch. I'm very surprised he got rested as well, considering uh, we'll move to it. We'll move to it. Um, Okay, so the 6 o'clock Friday game, uh, Manly play the Bulldogs. Uh, Manly season has been derailed since uh, the Pride jersey, and ironically now they're playing for Pride. Against the Bulldogs, uh, there's a host of changes. K Weeks is playing at fullback. Is he a chance for that starting 5-8 position next year over Josh Schuster? I've heard a lot of chat about it, and the fact that he is in that starting side uh, could be a sign. Well, before um, the Melbourne Storm got an offer, Josh Schuster was actually in line to go there. The club said no, so mm. uh, he was actually in line to go to Melbourne. I think if he went, he would have stayed just like Noffa, I think, will as well. Um it, look, it's very interesting. I don't know why, but Schuster's obviously been the 18th man for a few weeks. He's only just sort of started to get back into this side. It's it's going to be very interesting. I think Weeks could definitely be there. I haven't seen enough of him in first grade. I think it's probably going to be Schuster to start there in, at the uh, next season, and then maybe KO Weeks will get worked into that jersey. I'd really like to see Schuster at 13. I reckon he'd be an unreal 13, put Jake Trevojevic into the front row. Uh, and have that side walk onto the park. I think it'd be a very, very powerful side. Uh, I saw Schuster set up a try when he was in the middle, I think, last week. Uh, he set up the only try for Manly. Yeah. And his ball playing is superb. His ball playing is superb. I reckon if they were on any role, uh, Manly, they would have scored a few more tries through him because he uh, he's so creative with the football. He's definitely a 5'8". It's going to be interesting. I think it's very, very interesting. I've seen a lot more of Schuster than I have of KO, so... Look, I need to see a bit more of Kaya before I definitely make a definite decision. Well, Manly here are outsiders at $2.65 and the Bulldogs are at $1.48. Hot tip of the week, Manly 13 plus, Daily Cherry Evans, anytime. I think that's good value there. Um, I guess there's not much to talk about here. Who, who are you going for? Look, I'm going to take the dogs. Manly's brave. I'll tell you what, that is a brave bet. I'm going to go for the dogs. I'm a bit of a, I'm a pussy when it comes to making big bets. So I'm going to stick with the Bulldogs. I'm going to stick with the guys at home. Uh, 
Matt Burton, I reckon that he goes over for two tries and he really gets this side on a roll. That's my little bet there. Uh, I think that Matt Burton, he has been one of the more underrated guys this season. I know that he's got a lot of praise, but I still feel like he hasn't got as much credit as he deserves because he has basically moved that Bulldog side and uh, will change that Bulldog side tremendously. And just the confidence they're playing with now, I think he has to get a bit, a lot of credit for that as well. I think they were very close to making the top eight this year. They only slid down at the last few games, but um, yeah, Matt Burton, his effort this year has been tremendous. He's been great. And I'm looking forward to his rep career unfold in the future. Interesting to see what happens next year with um, Tommy Turbo and Latrell Mitchell back in the fold. Um, maybe he'll contest for that number six jersey, but that is a next year problem. Uh, moving on to the potential game of the round, 7.55 on Friday. The Roosters versus the Rabbitohs. We've got Victor Radley out with the concussion. Hopefully he is back for finals for them. Um, we've also got Damien Cook on the other side of the park, sideline with COVID. He nearly passed with a little bit of a loophole by Anthony Albanese, yeah. but um, I think he's been rested anyway. Um, so that's, I guess, good news for both sides. Um, and, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this game and what are you looking out for? I think that Lindsay Collins off the bench is also going to be a big loss. I think Tupo on the wing is going to be massive. Mm. Campbell Graham for South Sydney, I think he's going to be massive as well. I don't know. Last time South Sydney did smash the Roosters and – just because they got in their heads as well. They had most of their stars in that one. So, look, it's going to be very, very interesting. Obviously, South without Damian Cook, I think it's going to be much harder for them to get on the front foot, particularly because Damian Cook, he loves to go for a scoot. He loves to come out of dummy half and just create trouble uh, for his side. So, it's going to be much harder for them to get on the front foot. I'm going to go with the Chooks here. I reckon yeah. I'm going to go with the Chooks 13 plus in this one. Oh. I'm a South supporter. But as I said, I am not a one for big bets. So I'm going to go for the Roosters. I'm going to go for the Roosters 13+. plus. I'm going to go Manu. I reckon Manu has a day out, particularly last time since Latrell Mitchell got in with that cheap shot. I think that Manu just has a day out, gets back at him for that one. Uh, it's going to be a Manu special. I like that one. Roosters 13+, plus at $3.70 and uh, $1.80 head-to-head. I really like that one. The next game, 3 o'clock on the Saturday. There's a lot of nothing games this week. Um, it's the Warriors versus the Gold Coast Titans. The Gold Coast Titans have kind of turned a corner a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts on them and what do you think their aspirations are heading into next seasons? I think this is going to be just an average mediocre game, uh, especially for both sides. Not going to be in the finals this season. Um but look, I think next season, I think the Warriors, they've got a few guys coming into the side, Tamari Martin. Um, they've also got Chance, they've got Klockstad. It's going to be an interesting. I want to get your thoughts on this mm. just quickly. Tamari Martin and Chance, they've got Klockstad both coming into the side. Tamari's played a lot of fullback. Do you reckon that Chance plays center, Tamari plays fullback, or do you reckon Tamari plays 5'8 and Chance plays fullback? It's a very tough one. I hadn't really thought about it until right now, but just thinking off the bat, initially I thought Chance Nickel Clockstad would be fullback and they'd kind of go away from their attacking type style and start to turn into a gritty type side. They've got a new coach coming in in Andrew Webster. Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Assistant, assistant coach at the Penrith Panthers. He's going over. 
I think they're going to move into a more gritty style of football, but that might mean that Chance goes into centre because their outside back defence has been terrible in the last few weeks and just, just in general throughout their their longevity. So, um, Another half win. From punters jumping in early or waiting too late, you get a good price on one leg, but the others have shortened dramatically. You still win. But it feels like you half win. Introducing Top Sports Best of the Best Multi. Get top odds on every leg, every time. Don't be one of these. Just bet and forget with Bob Multi. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. I don't see Tamari playing six. I think they're going to play Johnson and maybe a Volkman, but... They haven't stuck with Volkman this year, so maybe their plan is to go Tamari 6, Johnson 7. Maybe Johnson doesn't even play 7. I don't know, um, but yeah, at least they've got options there at fullback, and it probably suits their type of style that they're going to go for. Mm. It's a very veteran halves pairing, um, yeah. Sean Johnson and Tamari Martin as well. be very interesting to see how they go. Obviously, Tamari Martin doesn't have the same flair that he did uh, when he when he was playing for the Cowboys, that really, really um, fast football sort of mentality. It's a much slower game now for Tamari Martin. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. We haven't seen him at six this season, I don't think. No. I think he's been playing mostly fullback. Um, for me, I don't know where Chance is going to go. I've Probably most likely fullback with Tamari at six, particularly since Chanel Harris-Tavita is going to be out as well. Mm. Uh, he's taking a rest from rugby league. It'll be a very interesting direction for the, the Warriors. Uh, in terms of the Gold Coast Titans, Kieran Foran coming into the side, it'd be so interesting to see where he fits in because this is going to be massive. Tanner Boyd's recently come into the side to play seven. You'd think that AJ's probably going to play six, maybe Kieran go to seven. Jaden Campbell, if AJ goes to fullback and uh, Kieran Foran goes to six, maybe Toby Sexton or Tanner Boyd in the seven, there's no place for Jaden Campbell. So it's going to be a big reshuffle for them, a big reshuffle. I was really confused about this for a long time. I, I was not sure what direction they were going to go in, but last few weeks they've stuck with Brimson at 5A and Campbell at fullback. And it seems to be, it seems to be what they need going forward. They need that spark in six and one. Kieran Foran's going to come in and play seven and he's going to control the ship. Tanner Boyd has been surprisingly good for mine. I'm surprised they didn't give him a chance much earlier. I think Toby Sexton's days at the Titans are, are numbered. I think he's, he's not going to play many more first grade games for the Titans, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. But I think with Tanner Boyd, like I've seen him come in in a 14 jersey and play a number nine role. I think he's very similar to Ben Hunt. I think he's a better nine than he is a seven. Mm. So if he were to slot into the nine, then you can have room for Toby Sexton there. But yeah, as you said, if they're planning to play Tanner Boyd at seven next year, Toby Sexton is a bit of pressure on him next year. He has to play some good football to work his way back into this side. Um, it'll be very interesting. It's going to be a very interesting year for, for the Titans to work out their spine. A very interesting one. For both of them. Um, Dylan Walker is going to the Warriors as well. Where do you think he plays? It's it's just it's very confusing. All these signings, what direction are they going to go in? Hopefully they do have a plan, but you never know. Look, I think Dylan, 
Yeah, I think Dylan Walker plays the 14 role that he was playing at Manly, to be honest. You look at the, some of the other guys coming in, obviously we talked about Chance to go Klockstad and Tamari Martin before. They'll probably take the two spots in the fullback and number six jersey, uh, depending on if Chance plays either uh, you know, in the centres or at fullback. Look, Dylan Walker, for me, he could play either of those roles as well. So it depends, how, as I said, how their spine goes. Jesse Arthurs, I think he goes back to Brisbane next year, if I'm not mistaken, unless yep. he's re-signed. Uh, with the Warriors, so he won't be there in the centres. That leaves a spot there for a guy like Chance to slot in there if they were to play Dylan Walker at fullback. Um, but look, very interesting. Dylan Walker's a great defensive player, so no matter where they put him, he's going to be fantastic. Maybe he could be useful in the centres for them, especially with their outside back defence. Who are you going for in this game? Obviously, who are you going for? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but... Warriors at $1.50 at home, $2.60 for the Gold Coast Tines. I'm going to go with the Gold Coast Tines as the outsiders. Well, I think if I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly, I think New Zealand have won all of their games they, in New Zealand they this have, year. So, they have. So I'm going to go with New Zealand. Mm. I reckon New Zealand get on a roll here, inspired by the fans at home. I think that they're going to score a few tries. They score most of their tries on an edge as well. So I'm thinking Dallin Watani, Zalesniak, and Marcelo Montoya. They'd be at pretty decent odds to score. Jesse Arthurs as well. I think he's been in and out of the side this year as well. So I'd be picking him for any time as well. If you're looking to go for a bit of a multi there, Dallin, Jesse Arthurs, Marcelo Montoya. I like it. Next game is 5.30 on Saturday. There's a lot to play for here for the Brisbane Broncos. They're at $1.60 versus the St. George Illawarra Dragons at $2.35 at St. George's home ground. What are your thoughts on this game? And what do Brisbane need to do to overcome this hurdle uh, to potentially get into eighth place. They've um, they've put in Tyson Gamble back at six. Pat Carrigan is back. Pat Carrigan is back. What are your thoughts? Paddy Carrigan is going to be massive, massive for Brisbane. We saw, I don't know if you saw it, it was on Fox League just after Origin 3, Paddy Carrigan, that video of him talking to the boys yeah, out there yeah. on the field. That was huge, and that was why Queensland were playing so good. It was one of the reasons why they were playing so good. They had that leader on the field barking orders at them, bumpers, bumpers as well for <laughs> Nick Kotrick as well when he was coming into the line. like Little stuff like that, it really jays up the boys. It really gets them on a roll. Um, look, I think he's going to be the massive hype man for the Brisbane Broncos. I'm taking Broncos 13+. plus. I think they need a big win here as well. And I think that Paddy Carrigan is going to come in there, be the hype man and get them playing a bit of a faster game, a bit of a tougher game and be the leader out there, the hype man. Tyson Gamble as well, I think he's going to be massive in the number six jersey. He is a freak and he really G's up the boys around him. I like Tyson Gamble at number six. Paddy Carrigan back is massive as well. I think Broncos 1-12 to as well. Moving on to the 7.30 game. North Queensland Cowboys at a dollar eleven versus the Penrith Panthers at six dollars seventy. The Penrith Panthers have rested their starting thirteen, and their starting thirteen this week looks completely different. For the Cowboys, this is a game that they need to win to potentially lock up second spot. That's if the Sharks go on to lose uh, the following day. What are your thoughts on this one? And could Penrith Panthers prove that their systems are as good as we all say they are? Their unders is so good. Their development system is amazing. And I've watched uh, some of the Q Cup, or not the Q Cup, the New South Wales Cup games uh, for the Penny Panthers. And I particularly like Thomas Jenkins here in the number four. 
Uh, he played some really good footy over the past few weeks in New South Wales Cup, scoring a few tries there. I, I, do, I don't mind him as any time try scorer. I know he'd have good value because he hasn't been in the side all year. So uh, Thomas Jenkins, I reckon, would be a, a bit of a smoky there to score. I'm taking the Cowboys here, man. I, you wonder why the Penny Panthers are paying six bucks, and then you look at the lineup and you're like, yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, I'm taking the Cowboys here. I'm taking the Cowboys 13+. plus. I just think they're going to get the job done in a big way over the Penny Panthers. Give them a bit of confidence as well going into finals as well. I, I like it. I think, yeah, they're probably going to win. But I think the bet here is Penrith Panthers with the 19.5 start. I think that's very good value at $1.90. I think they're going to hold up and I don't know. I don't know. I've seen a lot of uh, of Kurt Falls and Sean O'Sullivan recently and I think I like what I see from them. They've got Scott Sorensen starting who has not lost a game coming off the bench. So maybe this is a bad omen for him uh, coming onto the start of the field. But that moves on to the next game which is... The three, two o'clock game on the next day, and that is the Sharks play the Knights at McDonald Jones Stadium. Dale Finucane is not back. He's not back. Um, <laughs> he's supposed to be. Yeah, oh he's no, on, he's number twenty-two. Yeah, he's on the extended bench. Yeah, he's on the extended bench. Maybe he'll be a late inclusion. I reckon he'll be late inclusion for sure. You can't leave a guy like Dale Finucane out of this game. I think that Dolphin Newkins a late inclusion for sure. Maybe for probably Braden Trindle. I know the Sharks like yeah. to have a strong forward sort of bench. So I think he's a late inclusion for sure. But yeah, I don't know why he's in the reserves. He yeah. just came back from injury. I think he's pretty fresh. Yeah. Do you think the Sharks have put together a 100% convincing performance? Like, could it potentially be coming this week? Um... I don't know. I mean, it, it could. Newcastle at home. Uh, Clone's been decent. Phoenix Crossland into the six. They've changed their spine too much. I think that's been the really bad omen for the Newcastle Knights. They've changed their spine so much this season. Uh, Anthony Milford's out. That's a massive out for um, for Newcastle. Yep. That that is Look, huge. He, he's been he's been great this year for them. Yeah, he's been unreal. Ikevalu. Uh, for the Sharks really stands out to me. I feel like every time he comes into this side, he just does such a good job for them. Uh, on the wing there for the Cronulla Sharks, looking at this team. Look, Newcastle could definitely get the job done through guys like David Clemmer, Daniel Saifidi, Tyson Frizzell, Matty Croker as well, super underrated there in the 13. Uh, Chris Randall comes back into the side as well. Don't know what role he'll be playing. Maybe a ball-playing 13. Um, Tackling 13. <laughs> yeah, look... I could definitely see Newcastle pulling something out of the hat early, but it's more so the second halves that have really knocked off the Knights this season. Second halves, getting big leads. You saw that game against the Raiders where they were beating them 22-0 in the first half, and then they come out and score 28 points, the Raiders. So, look, for me, I'm going to go the Sharkies because, again, I don't like a big bet, but I'm... I don't know. I could see the Newcastle Knights coming into this game and maybe getting a win over the Cronulla Sharks. I can't see it. Uh, no Milford, no Milford, no Ponga. I think they're just lacking a bit of attacking spark. So um, I think the Sharks get the job done convincingly here. The Sharks are yep. $1.12 versus 
the Knights at 6.25. There's no value anywhere there. Uh, last game of the round, Canberra Raiders versus the West Tigers. The Canberra Raiders need to win this one to seal it. Um, but if the Broncos lose on Saturday night, do you think there's a chance they rest any players? Or do you think they'll be wanting to have warm bodies going into the final series? I think it's warm bodies, man. I don't think they rest anyone. It, I, I just can't say it. I think that um, the, oh, I think they're really fighting here to get into the finals. I don't think they're resting anyone in finals either. I think that it's going to be a tough game for the Raiders, especially earlier in the ra- earlier in the week. If we're right and the Brisbane Broncos get a big win over the Dragons, look, I think the Raiders are definitely going to have something to play for here because they're mm-hmm. playing to stay in the top eight. So I don't see anyone leaving. I don't see anyone coming in. I see this Raiders side staying pretty much similar to how it is now. I think Charles Nickel Clockstad was so hard done by being dropped from this side. Oh, look, there's some, there's there's something in me that's just like mm. so upset for Chance Oxstad. Like he deserves to be there so much. He's such a competitor for them. I know what they're doing with blooding Xavier Savage. Obviously, Chance, we talked about it before, going off to the Warriors next year. But I think that they should have kept him at least in the centers, like they did with Roger Tuovashek before he left. Um, look, interesting. I'm taking the Raiders here. I don't think that the Tigers can do anything special. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders one to twelve though, because mm-hmm. I feel like the Tigers to close out the year could have a really tough one. Yeah, but Raiders for me, I think will get the win at the end of the day. I think the Raiders. The Raiders have been really impressive, and I'm so happy they got into the eight. I'm typically, I've never loved the Raiders. Um, they've always been a side I've never really liked. Rick Stewart, not massive fan of, but the fact that they did it to the Broncos is just as a New South Welshman, it's just the best thing ever. Um, but unfortunately for Broncos fans, it's uh, it's worked out like this. The Broncos, if they win on the weekend and they win by 40-plus, um, they'll be in. Uh, if they win by 40-plus and Canberra, you know, win by only two, there's a chance that Brisbane can take over. So Brisbane need a massive win this week regardless. Um they probably need a win by 50, to be honest. So if that happens, it'll make an interesting read for the last game of the week. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Canberra Raiders, though. Um, cheers for coming on, Big Les. Um, it's a great great start to the, to the show. And um, I'll, I'll be doing it for the rest of the final series, hopefully. And it's just, I guess it's a feeler to see how we're going to do things next year. And hopefully there is an NRL show in there somewhere. Yeah, totally, man. I've appreciated coming on. It's been a blast. Thank you. Um, And cheers, guys, for tuning in.